So welcome everyone to the Psalms Through the Eyes of the Living Letters. Today, we're going to be going over Psalms chapter 37. Now, uh, Psalm chapter 37 is, is actually a relatively long chapter when it comes to a lot of the, the Psalms that we've been reading through uh, so far. It's not the longest by no means. We all know that I believe it's Psalm 119 that is the longest. It's, it goes on for quite some time. But this one is, is fairly long in comparison to some of the earlier ones that we've been going over. Uh, so I want to break it down, and today we're going to be going through verses 1 through 10. There's been a real stirring that, as Father led me into to teaching this psalm, where I just began to see a lot of, of this place of, of the Father coming along and saying, hey, look, I got this, okay? I've got this. I've got you in my hand. I've got you in the palm of my hand. We've got things covered, there are some responsibilities that you will have to, to do, but I've got this. All of this is in my hand, all right? And that includes even some of the things that we think of as being, you know, if you will, bad, you know, bad situations with the whole COVID thing and everything else that's going on. The father has this in his hand and he's got his sons in his hand. So here I am getting, getting ready to preach again because and I can't help it because there's a stirring. There's been such a, a a strong stirring in my spirit as I've been as I've been digging through this because it began to to encourage me in that place of wait a minute. Where does the 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 anchor of my confidence lie? Where does the anchor of my trust lie? The anchor of my trust must be in Father. Must be in Yahweh. And in him, I trust in him. I have confidence. Now, I love that because, you know, when it's, it's funny because the Hebrew word for trust is betuach and the Hebrew word for confidence is batach. Now they've, they've both got the same letters, bet, tet, and chet, but in trust, there's a vav, betu, the u sound is a vav there. And, and, you know, it's funny because as I've been, as I've been meditating on that, the only difference between va, uh, trust and confidence is that the vav was removed in confidence. In other words, vav is the letter that represents man. And so my, my confidence is no longer in man. My confidence is in Yahweh, batach, in his house. I'm in his goodness and covered by his promises. That's what bait, tet, and chet mean to me. Of course, there's a whole lot more than that. That's just a, a simple definition. But in his house, in that place of, of, of unity with him, I am in his goodness, in the land of the living, in the land of the living, and, have, and am covered by his promises and his covenant that has spoken over me. Trust, again, now we, we, we know that sometimes we can, we can trust in man, and trust in what we think they say, but the, the scripture says not to trust in man, to trust in, to trust in our heavenly father. And, and so anyway, there's, there's a whole lot to that. And, and there's more that I've, I've, I know that father will continue to reveal just between those two different words, because both are necessary. Trust always leads us to confidence. Trust always leads us to confidence. The more I trust, the more I become confident that I know that the word of Yahweh is always yes and amen, period. It's always yes and amen. And so, like I said, trust is, is, a, is a journey. Confidence is a decision. 
Confidence is a choice. I choose to have that confidence in you. I choose to know that the net, I'm going to get preaching again. I need to get on this. <laughs> I choose that even if I'm walking out into the Red Sea and I get to the place where the water is up to my nose holes, right here, the water is up to here. I have so much confidence in you that, Father, the next step that I take, I will either be breathing water or the Red Sea will split. That's the confidence I have in you. To not worry about whether I'm going to die or not. No, that you're going to, to do something supernatural in me to where I'll either breathe underwater or the Red Sea will split. That's confidence. You see what I'm talking about? That's the heart of confidence. And it's funny because as we begin, start, was, was, as we start with Psalms chapter 37 here, the first thing that David begins to speak about is this, do not compete with evildoers. Now, I've figured out a way finally to where I can actually share the scriptures with you guys, and you can see it both in the English and in the Hebrew. Uh, there is an application that if you'd like to use it, and it's free, and it has the Tehillim free. So I know I told some of you guys, if you wanted to purchase the, the Tehillim, which is the, the book version, uh, you can, you can find it on Amazon. Uh, but uh, I didn't realize that Art Scroll, which is the which is the, the group that put this Tehillim together, actually also has an app, either Android or iPhone app. And it's called Art Scroll. Uh, just type in Art Scroll and that should be enough library something art scroll library series or art scroll library uh something along along that line and uh one of the books that's given in there for free is the tahalim and so uh i've got it set up on my ipad and i use that on my and it goes ipod uh, for me my ipad and my iphone and i've got it on both on both places so i'm going to be able to share this with you in the english and in the hebrew at the same time but I love the way this begins because this is do not compete with the uh, with the evildoers. All right. Those who those who do evil. But what, what really began to stir in me was this word about the, the word uh, compete. And the word compete here is the Hebrew word titchar. Titchar. And it's tav, tav, chet, and resh. Now, I love this because. Anytime that you see two letters together that are the same letter, that's kind of like Yahweh saying, verily, verily, I say unto you. And usually anytime that Yeshua said, verily, verily, I say unto you, it's pretty important. You see what I'm saying? It's really, it's something that, that you need to pay attention to. And the fact that both of these letters are Tavs, Tav is a letter that speaks about the completion of something, the finishing of something. Now, I know you're like, well, how does that have to do with, com uh, with, with competing? Well, those of you that are, that are new and those of you that are just now joining us, then you'll discover that one of the things that the Father has shown me is that every Hebrew word that seems to have a negative connotation always has a positive way that you can see it. In other words, the answer to what the problem is that like in this case, it's the Hebrew word compete, or it's the, the English word compete uh, translated, actually has a way of getting, of, of, of escape. You know, the scripture talks about that the Father always provides a way of escape through those same letters. 
they, those same letters express something a little bit different. So you've got the double tav, the double completion, the double promise, if you will, the double covenant of, and the completion of that covenant saying that my promises are set into this place where they are the priority, they are top, they are the, they are, if you will, the place where you can, you can see around corners. And, and so the, the father's saying, hey, I've got this, in other words, I've got this in my, in the palms of my hand. But when you dig this up through the, the uh, Strong's Concordance, or actually through Brown Driver Briggs, it's, which is a, a great uh, resource that if you're digging into the Hebrew, uh, can, you can use, it literally means to get fired up, to get angry, or to be vexed. So it's saying, David is saying here, do not get angry. Do not get fired up. Do not be do not be vexed about what the evildoers are doing. Be not envious of the doers of injustice. Why? Because for like grass, they will be cut down swiftly. And like green vegetation, they will wither. In other words, those things aren't going to last. You know, it reminds me of that story of the woman at the well when she came and, and she was digging and she was bringing up water from out of, the, out of the well. And Yeshua was there and he says, but I'm here so that I can give you water, but the water is not the kind of water that you're going to bring up out of that well, because that water is not going to last. But the water that I give you, will you will never thirst again, right? And so this is the expression of what David's talking about here. Don't worry about what they're doing, because just like the grass and like the green vegetation, they're going to wither away. Those things aren't going to matter. Trust in Hashem and do good. Dwell in the land and nourish yourself with faithfulness. Ooh, let's start off with just this first part of it. Trust in Yahweh and do good. Now, that word there, if you go over to... Now, I can't, I can't actually write on this one, so I can't circle it to show you. But the first word for trust there is batach, right? And we just got done talking about that just a few moments ago. And how betuach is the Hebrew word for trust, batach is the Hebrew word for confidence. So in this case, what it's really saying is have full confidence, have the full assurance of faith in Yahweh himself, and do good, and do tov, which is uh, tet vav bet. The tov, remember, tov represents the goodness of the Father, and then it's op us operating in that place of, of the goodness of the Father. Dwell in the land and nourish yourself with faithfulness. Now, guys, this is where it really started just to begin to to stir me up so so heavily, because in the in the the Hebrew this is shakan eretz vara vara e emuna is the way it's pronounced in in Hebrew, and shakan would be the Hebrew word for talking about dwelling. Eretz is the Hebrew word for the land. Now it's funny because that same word eretz is also the Hebrew word for worlds. It can be translated lands, or it can be translated worlds. So dwell in the world, if you will. Dwell in this place where, where, where I have given you, this place where I have set you into place, and nourish yourself 
with faithfulness. What really got me had to do with that Hebrew word, ve-re-ah, re-eh, excuse me, ve-re-eh. Or is it? Yeah, anyway, somewhere on that. I'm still learning myself <laughs> with, uh, with regards to, to um, uh, being able to, to, to speak this. So sometimes, I, I'm, sometimes if anybody in here is Hebrew, then I apologize because I am still learning in the midst of this. And, and I found it very interesting because in the middle of that word, it begins to talk about resh ayin. Now, it's funny because reshayin is the Hebrew word for evil. But we've got some other letters that are wrapped up around this. Now, I don't want to get into the, the depth of that conversation. We talked about it a little bit the last time. Because when you add a hey to the end of it, now, I found this really interesting. When you add a hey to the end of that Hebrew word, it actually becomes friend or special friend. Ra'ah is, is, was one of the words that, that, that can be used for friend, but it goes deeper than that. You see, when we, when we start to, this is the word where it's, it's talking about nourishing yourself. When we start digging into this, when you start digging into this word specifically, ra'ah, it actually talks about cultivating something together. It talks about this place of like, you know, Dawn was, was talking earlier about, about her, uh, the fact that they're getting into bees and her and her husband are, are working on, on trying to set up the beehives and that sort of thing. So they had to go through, they learned about the bees. They learned, they, they brought some people in who knew about bees to be able to explain to them where they want to set up the bees, you know, so that, so that they're able to, to produce the best that they can. So they, there were a lot of things that were necessary. This, of course, then it's, it's bringing together all of the, the, the hives and building the, the containers that the bees will be in that are a part of that. Now, she also mentioned about putting up a fence around it so that they don't, they don't get knocked over. The bees don't, uh, don't, get you know messed up or 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 uh you know anyway set free accidentally but that that what it's talking about here when it's talking about that ra'ah it's it's talking about that cultivating something together working through something together so one of the pictures that i began to see as as father was 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 showing me this was kind of like when when we get together today when we get together, not only do we have the time to be able to, to talk about a particular uh, scripture, at the end of this, and for those of you that are listening on YouTube, we'd love for you to join us live, because in this place, we, uh, when we get done with the, the, uh, this part of this, then we go into a time of engagement where we, we talk a little bit and, and discuss some of the things that were going on during this particular place of scripture that we're, we're digging through. And, and so I do, and I don't want to do that on uh, uh, the, the video because it's a private time for those that are here today and the days that we do this, but it's a cultivating time. That's my point. It's a cultivating time. See, now we're joining together and we're beginning to share the seeds. And that's what this is talking about. Nourish yourself with faithfulness. Now, the Hebrew word for faith is emunah, and it's aleph mem vav nun hey. 
I love this Hebrew word because I remember one day I was at the, I was, I was at uh, Gates of Zion and Yahweh began to take me through this unique process of looking up at the Hebrew letters one day. And I was really focused on uh, the living letter Nun. And I was just meditating and I, I knew the father was wanting to tell me something. And then I heard him say, well, look at the letter right next to it on the right-hand side. Well, it's the water, it's the Hebrew letter Mem because it goes Mem and then Nun. And, and I was like, well, and then he says to me, well, what is Nun? What is one of the literal meanings of Nun? Well, one of the literal meanings of Nun is not only son, king, heir, and priest, believe it or not, it's also fish. And then I, 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 it hit me, what was on the right side of that? Mem, water. Its most literal meaning is water. And it was like, duh, why in the world have I not realized this before? You know, fish, water. And the moment that the, 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 the two connected together, I remembered a scripture that I used to talk about when I was a kid, you know, because I was born and raised in church. And, and we, used to, we used to say this and sing it all the time. In him, I live and move and have my being. I was like, now that makes sense. Because as a son, I'm like a fish. And just like the water, I live in my father. Everything my father has, everything my father is, is found inside of that water. Everything that I need to be able to breathe, to have breath and to have life in him I live is found in that water. That water also contains streams and currents inside of the depth of the water itself. It gives me the ability to be able to move around, to be able to dart around. If I get in, <laughs> I remember that that uh, the movie uh, uh, Finding Nemo. And if you guys remember the turtle, you know, where he, where he's talking, I think, I don't remember who he was talking to, he was talking to Nemo or somebody else, but he, he talked about how he jumped into the, to the, uh, the currents that were in the water. He said, you know, at first when I jumped in, it was like, whoa. And then it was like, whoa. And then it was like, whoa. <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie, go do it because, you know, the turtle, the turtle had a perfect expression of 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 exactly just like being in father at first it was like whoa it was like almost almost a little scary like like what is this i'm suddenly moving faster than i could ever imagine then it was like whoa hey wait a minute i kind of like this <laughs> this is getting me somewhere and then it came to the place of like whoa rest let me rest in this because i can move and, and I could be moved around in him faster than I ever thought imaginable. Does that make sense? So to me, it was like, boom, there you go. And the key came to this when I started looking at, at Mem. Because at the same breath, that same water contains all of the food, all of the shelter, everything that was necessary for a fish to be able to eat and to be able to live and move and, and dwell in was also found inside of that water. The structures were there to, to be able to handle all of that. And then I thought, wow, now, wait a minute, that makes sense. And then the father asked me another question. He said, is there another letter that could join in with that? that could 
bring about another meaning to that. And it hit me. A word that, again, I had said since I was a kid. Amen. Amen is the Hebrew word for just what we've always said. So be it. It is done. It is complete. Amen. Aleph, Mem, Nun. You get where I'm going here with this? So it, it, it really began to hit me. Father, the truth is, is that every time I hear your word, it is, it is an amen to me. It is an amen because Everything that you that, that that I need, everything that you've ever promised me is wrapped up inside of that water. In him, I live and move and have my being. Not only that, but he has given me all things that pertain to life and godliness. And I was like, why am I fretting? Why am I worrying about this? And then I heard a few days later, the, the father brought me to this place of, of asking me one day, well, what is the Hebrew word for faith? You know, I've given you this place of establishing my amen, the, the, the place of thing. this is done, it's completed. So, so it is. What is the Hebrew word for faith? And I was like, well, I don't know, Father. So I went and dug it up, and I found that it was the Hebrew word emunah. Aleph, mem, vav, nun. So right in the middle of the Hebrew word for faith, I could find all three of the letters that say Amen. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Have we not said that, that when we stand and operate from that place of faith, that the Father is saying, it is already done? Doesn't there, and there another scripture that talks about, um, that speak things that's, which are not as though they were. Why? Because you are establishing by your words the place where those things are already done. It's not you're waiting on them. You following? It's not you're waiting on them. It is already completed. It is already finished. And the vav and the hay there then just connects to the intent of our heart. You see, one of the ways that I've begun to see hay a lot more, not only talks about framing, but it really begins to talk about the place of the intent of my heart as well. My heart is a door. Now, out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaks. So it comes through my heart and out of my mouth. That's the door in this place. You see that? And so the question is then, then what am I, what am I, what am I dealing with? What am I dwelling on? What am I spending my time thinking about? What is the intention of my heart? Those of you that are in my class, you know these two questions that I talk about all the time. What do you see and how do you see it? right? And this is kind of what we're talking about, because I am setting, by asking those two, those two questions, I am setting the intention of my heart in that place. So you're following me. So he is saying to us, dwell in the land and nourish yourself with faithfulness. I've already given you all things that pertain unto life and godliness. It's your choice to then eat of those things. It's your choice to bring those things and take that time of spending time with it. It's your choice. I can lay a buffet in front of everyone, a, a, a feast. If you will, the marriage supper of the lamb can be laid out before you. But unless you sit down and pick up some food and start eating, then you're going to remain hungry. 
you have a responsibility in that. You following me? And that's what this is saying. Nourish yourself with the faithfulness, with the emunah of Yahweh. And I love this. And rely upon Hashem for your enjoyments. Rely, or in the, in the uh, King James, this is where it says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he, for he will grant you the desires of your heart. So in the Tehillim, it says, and rely upon Hashem for your enjoyments, for he will grant you the desires of your heart. Well, this is, this is another place where it really began to, to mess with me even more, because the question then becomes, what does this mean to, be, to then be relying upon and when I look at this from the, from the Hebrew, I see the Hebrew word vahit anag, vahit anag. And the, the quite, now, of course, the first part, the vav there, since it proceeds, is actually the, the, uh, a prefix, and it means and in this case. So the Hebrew word here would be hit anag. I began to dig into this because something was stirring to me about this Hebrew word anag, specifically, ayin, nun, and gimel, because I remembered something that I had heard before. And there's another Hebrew word that is spelt with the same exact letters, and it's oneg. It's the Hebrew word oneg. And an oneg is basically an informal festive gathering, usually on a Friday night, and it, it involves usually some type of food and Bible study, or if you will, store, study, uh, study of the Torah, along with Jewish songs and that sort of thing. So it's not like a, a proper service. It's kind of like what we're doing here. We're sitting down, we're taking some time together, and, and we're spending time on the Sabbath. Now, for them, for, for a Hebrew, from a Hebrew perspective, Friday night would be Shabbat or the, or the Sabbath. But I, I seem to remember... Uh, Paul himself saying that, you know, one man may see the Shabbat as being one particular day, and another man counts every day as being Shabbat. And so we're not far off by, by the fact that this is Wednesday. Don't get tied up into the fact that we're not doing it on Friday. That, that the truth is, is that what we've done is we set time aside to do just this, to spend some time together. Now, this really goes along with what what we were talking about nourishing yourself with the, with the, the faithfulness, uh, with, with faithfulness, with the faithfulness of Yahweh himself. But as I began to dig into this, the, the anag here, what I, I, I looked at it from the perspective of the Hebrew living letters. And we've got, again, ayin, nun, and gimel. Ayin, talking about that place of revelation. It talks about the place of seeing something, all right? Ayin is the Hebrew letter that actually is a word in Hebrew that literally means I, right? So it's talking about seeing something. And, but it goes deeper than that because Ayin also speaks about revelation. And it talks about what I put inside of me and the way that I see something. All right, follow me along. Why, why, do, why does it mean the way that I see something? And why is it that the way that I see something is so important? Well, from a Hebrew perspective, the ayin is, is like the living letter nun, which looks similar to this right here, but it's bent back and opened up. And it has a, if you will, a Zion 
that is is rising up out of the base of that. And it makes what looks like the Y that we see of the living letter Ayin. One of the ways that it, it that from the Hebrew perspective is taught is this, this Zayin punctures the belly of the sun to see what's inside. So it's it's a it's if you if you will, it's a responsibility of the way that I see something. I remember I remember that that the father took me to this because I was I he had taken me through a time when he asked me to step inside of him and to see through his eyes. And it's funny because I thought that I had been. And now all of a sudden it was, it was kind of like he was asking me to, to step inside and see through his eyes. And I, anyway, you get my, you got my point. I'll be honest with you. I was a little offended about it at first when he, when he told me that, cause I was like, I thought I had been seeing through your eyes, but I kept my mouth shut. And, and, and I said, yes, Yes, Father, I want to be able to see through your eyes because I knew there was something more. In other words, I quickly, I quickly felt really stupid about thinking about that, you know, thinking that, well, haven't I been already? Uh, because I knew he wanted to take me to another dimension, another level, another way of seeing this. And when he did, I stepped in and I, the, of course, the first thing that hit me was the love for people, that, that overwhelming love that went beyond my understanding from before that. I need to cut through some of the story to get to the, the, the part that I want to explain here, but it came to a point where I stopped to think about, okay, Father, you took me and asked me to step in to look through your eyes in the place of the secret place, the place where him and I are together. I call it the universe of two. It's kind of what this painting is about. It's the universe of two, the place of just Yahweh and I. And I said, Father, you, but you've told me that the secret place is inside of me. And I came up with this really, I mean, it, it hit me. I was like, well, I think this is a valid question, Father. If you ask me to step inside of you to see through your eyes from the place of my heart, is there another set of eyes that you and I are both looking through? my own physical eyes. In other words, the eyes of my flesh. And I thought it, I thought it kind of odd, but anyway, I just, I just began to meditate on it. While I was trying to find something else, in, in, uh, and as I did, I went to a, a site and that began to talk about a, a, a scripture in the Talmud. And in this scripture, the father's talking about how uh, he's talking to the people of Israel during the time of Mashiach during the time of Messiah. And he begins to, 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 to go back and forth with this conversation with them about what the people will look like who were there during the time of Mashiach. Well, we know that Yeshua is Yeshua HaMashiach. He is our Messiah. He is the Messiah that, that, that the Jews have been waiting on. And we, we uh, as I, I began to, to see that, he at the very end of that scripture, it said something that was just completely blew me away because I wasn't looking for it in this case. It just, the father led me to it. And at the very end of this, he says, he made this statement. The father did to the people of Israel. If it is wonderful in the eyes of the remnant of those people, talking about the people who were there during the time of Mashiach, 
time of Messiah. If it is wonderful in the eyes of the remnant of those people, it will also be wonderful in my eyes. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you saying that, Father, the way that I see something will be the way that you see something? Well, I, I had to stop and think about that. No, because we know the Father sees all, right? He understands all. But if the way that I see something is one way, then the way that the Father will be able to respond to me will have to be through that way that I understand it. Does that make sense? Makes sense? I mean, think about this for just a minute. Because if I begin to realize that if that's the case, then the way that I see something is vitally important. In other words, if I looked at, uh, like, like this is my Apple Pencil. I use it a lot because I do a lot of on this iPad, on teaching and stuff like that. I could look at this Apple Pencil as being a huge tool to be able to do things inside of my iPad so that you guys can see this. Unfortunately, this, this particular app doesn't allow me to use the pencil in that way, but uh, other, other applications I do have does, and, it, and it's huge because it points out things. Or I could count this, this Apple Pencil as being little or nothing and nothing more than just a pointer, just something I could point at, right? Well, the way that I see that will then be the way that the Father has to then teach me, right? Now, because I've counted it as little or nothing, and so I'm going to see it as little or nothing. You following me? But yet the Father then has to say, okay, wait a minute, there's more to it than that. There's more than that that, that pencil can do. There's more than that that thing can do. There's a lot more to it. Now he has to begin to teach me another part of that. Well, at the same breath, I can proactively begin to choose to change the way that I see it and not count it as little or nothing, but count everything as being of great value. And in that place where I then change my attitude proactively change my attitude to look at something as being of great value, now Father has the ability to speak to me and show me what that value is. Does that make sense? The other way, he has to teach me what the value is, and I have to learn what that value is. That may mean there may be some trials and some, 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 some tough situations as I'm learning that, but when I proactively choose to look beyond what I think of as little or nothing, it changes everything, right? I know you guys may have heard about the law of attraction, like attracts like, right? That's basically what the law of attraction says. So think about it. If I'm choosing to count something as little or, no, as, uh, as little or nothing, then what I'm going to attract in that case is little or nothing. Oh, by the way, the law of attraction is Hebrew. It's not new age or anything else. It's Hebrew. It's, its basis is in Jewish and Hebrew understanding, period, plain and simple. They don't call it the law of attraction. It's called something different, but it's the same thing. It's the same principle, all right? And now if I change my perspective to where I see it as being value and of great value, then what I'm going to attract, if you will, from the Father 
is that place of him revealing that treasure and allowing me to see the greater treasure that's hidden there. Y'all following me? And he will grant you the desires of your heart. Now, does that last statement make sense? After what I just got done saying, what do you see? How do you see it? Now, I love it because it's funny because that, that word uh, enjoyments there is what I've been talking about. That's what I've been talking about is the enjoyment. In other words, the, the, the cultivation. I love, uh, I love uh, uh, Anag because of that, of, that, of that purpose. It's funny. When you, the revelation of the sun and, and the, 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 the journey of, if you will, the, the treasuries of heaven. But one of the great things about Hebrew is also is that, that you, can, you can, it's okay that if you look at a Hebrew word, you can move the letters a little bit. In other words, I can change the order because the truth is, is that gan, gimel, nun is the Hebrew word for garden. So he's talking about these dainties, these delicacies, these, these beautiful things that he's hidden away for those who choose to see things from that, from that, that perspective of, of it being of great worth. Makes, is that making sense, y'all? Am I? I know today's been a little bit more of a teaching aspect of this, but this is this is uh, this is key to me because once I realize how I see something, I will get the desires of my heart, and I don't want to see them as little or nothing. When the Father has said this is of great value. Many times, if I look from the, from the natural perspective at something, many times I could count things as little or nothing because it doesn't seem like much. But Father always says, look beyond, look past, look at what I'm saying. Don't look at what's right in front of you. Because if you do, you know, if you look at what's right in front of you, look at what other people are saying about this, it's, it's not going to get you anywhere. Do not compete with the evildoers. Do not get, you know, don't get fired up or don't get, uh, don't get fired up in the sense of being and going along with what they're saying as well. That goes more than just one way about getting angry. It also means get fired up and get, you know, well, yeah, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of things going on bad in the world and da, 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 and let's get, well, father's saying don't compete. Matter of fact, I haven't even gotten to that point yet. So I'm going to keep going. Commit your way to, to Yahweh. Rely on him and he will act. Commit yourself to what you know that the Father has said, and, and he will act on that. Commit in that place of trust. That's what, that's what confidence is talking about. It's a commitment of trust. It's a commitment of saying, Father, I have full, complete trust in you and confidence in you that you will take me through. Just like we were talking about earlier, the nose holes, getting up to the water and, the, and up to the nose holes. And the next step that you take is either underwater and the Father's going to teach you how to breathe underwater or it's, it's, uh, he's going to split the Red Sea and allow you to walk over on dry land. And that's what he did. He will bring forth your righteousness like a light and your justice like high noon. You see, even if someone turns and says something to you, even if someone tries to, to, to 
accuse you of something that you didn't do. Because, and anyway, even if any of those things happen, Yahweh will bring your righteousness like a light and he, your justice like the high noon. He will establish that place of the right standing. Why? Because you have full confidence in the Father. You're not trusting it one man can do. You're trusting completely and fully in the Father. Now, I might have told you this story before, and if, if, you've heard it, if you've heard it, hear it again for the first time. Because to me, this, this trust and confidence thing goes with a, a good buddy of mine that I was, has, has been going through a situation. The Father gave me this vision of, of this, this bridge that went over this great chasm. And Yahweh was on the other side calling us to come across that great chasm. But looking at the bridge, it was like, ooh, I don't know if I can handle this. Because it, it, it's slats that are only big enough for your foot to land on and be able to stand on. And then two ropes on either side that were, were like something that you could hold on to, to steady yourself as you were going across. That's about all the, the bridge was, was three ropes or three, you know, three or four ropes, but with, with these slats holding you up where you're standing and then two handholds, but the two handholds were called trust and confidence. <laughs> all right. And so, you know, sitting on the one side of the, of the chasm, looking over across you know, I can have faith that that, that that bridge can hold me, but until I trust the Father, step out onto that bridge, now I've begun the process of trust, right? Because now I'm doing something. Trust is an active word. Trust is an action word, right? It requires that there be a, if you will, faith without works is dead, right? It requires that there be a response from us. And so at each step that you take and each moment that you trust, that trust is transferred over into the confidence. You become more confident that that bridge is going to be able to hold you. You become more confident in the word that the Father has called you across that bridge. And so he, he knows himself that, that, that he's got you covered. That bridge will be able to hold you. The problem is that you don't know that that bridge will be able to hold you. Not yet. Right? So the process of beginning to walk, well, this chasm is so great and it's so deep. And it's funny because the way that I visioned this chasm was that it was kind of like a, like a two sides of a mountain and, and uh, down below was a mist. So you really couldn't see how deep the chasm really was. It could have been just a few feet or it could have been a few thousand feet or it could have been infinite. It's it you couldn't tell, and that was that was the that was the the qu next question about this was I can't tell if that I'm going to fall to my death or, or fall to infinity if I do fall off of this bridge, but I trust you, Father. I have confidence in you that every step that I take, and so I began to see that as 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 we got towards the edge or towards the middle of the bridge, where in this case there's there's openness. You know now the chasm has the ability where the wind itself is able to move quite quite strongly across that place. Now, if you think about it with ropes, that means that that bridge is going to start doing this number across this chasm, right? And so, you know, now you've got this external force that is also adding to the, 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 the craziness of this. 
but still you hold on to the trust, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. See, that's a beautiful scripture that talks about trust and confidence, trusting in the Lord and that, that, that you are all your ways, acknowledge him. I have the confidence that the next step I take. And so in that place, now it gets a little scary. I know that from a natural perspective, I would be a little bit concerned. Matter of fact, my steps would get very slow at that point. They get much slower because I'm, I'm just making sure that the next step that I take is deliberate. Think about that for a minute. Think about that for a minute. I know that many times the Father has had me in these places where I've I've, I've woke up or I've had situations that were going on and I felt just like, oh man, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I, you know, I think about all these things and how am I going to be able to, to make it through? And, and the moment that I've, that I've, I began to feel that way, father has been taking me into this place. The more that I've said, father, I will, I want to trust in you. And the more that I've, I've began to trust in him, the more that that confidence has, has built in me that, that instead of me getting afraid at that point, I get very focused. I take the very energy of the fear itself. And instead of allowing it to be pointed towards fear, I now point it towards my father. And that same energy, I want to now think, okay, father, I want to focus solely on you. I'm going to do this. Yahweh, I'm going to, to, to get to the place where I'm going to cut off uh, and, and not allow any voices into my head, and I'm going to look intently at you, because in this place, I want to make sure that my next footstep and the place that it lands is exactly where you've told me to, to place that along this bridge. So it might get a little bit slower, but it's also very deliberate. I'm choosing to look into that, the, the face of my father for the next step. And, you know, even if the wind blows so strongly that it knocks you off the bridge, do you have the confidence in him that he will then teach you how to fly and land back on that bridge exactly where you had been blown off? Because that's the truth. That's the kind of confidence that even if, it was successful in knocking you off. He will teach you to fly and land right back on that bridge again and continue with the journey. He didn't bring you, you've heard these sayings before, he didn't bring you this far to leave you. He didn't, you know, remember that old song, uh, didn't bring you this far to leave you. He didn't teach us to swim, to let us drown. He didn't build a home in us to move away. Um, he didn't lift us up to bring us down. I think is the way the song goes. I don't remember who did it, but I remember that song from years and years and years and years ago. But the truth is, is that's what we're talking about here. Commit your way to Yahweh. Rely on him and he will act. You get in the picture of this, right? Rely on him. He will bring forth your righteousness like the light and your justice like the noon. Wait silently for the, for the salvation of Yahweh and wait longingly, longingly for him. That place waits silently. I actually like the King James translation of this more than I do the, the Tehillim. This is funny because in, in the King James, this says rest, rest in Yahweh. Instead of wait silently, rest in Yahweh for the salvation of Yahweh and wait longingly for him. You see, to me, 
that picture of me being in the middle of that bridge where that wind was blowing and, and, and I'm having to hold on and focus intently. This is what this is talking about. Father, I'm longing for you. I'm longing for that place that, that, that of the connection that you and I already have. You know, it's funny. I was listening to a, a, a rabbi out of Book of Raton. I don't remember his name right now off the top of my head, but he was talking today. It, it, I was just listening to him a little bit ago. He was talking today about relationships and specifically how every relationship that we may have in the earth is a perspective of our relationship with the father. Father to son or father to child, child to, to, to parent, uh, husband to wife, friend to friend. Every single relationship is another perspective of my relationship with the Father. In other words, there is treasure in every way that I can relate to my Father. And it's a holy thing. It's a beautiful thing. And to me, that's what this is talking about, resting in Yahweh and wait longingly for him. In this case, it's more of that husband and wife type of relationship, that place of the deep intimacy I know for me, I, every, every night when I go to sleep, I'm always excited because I know the next morning that, that I'm, I'm going to have that time. Now I go to sleep and, I'll, and I'll, I'll be thanking Yahweh for the day and that sort of thing. But I'm always looking for that, that the next morning as well, because his mercies are new every morning. His word is new every morning. He stirs me up every single morning and begins to show me something new for that day. And, and, and that's what this is talking about. Wait longingly for him. Do not compete. There's that word compete again. Don't get angry. Don't get uh, stirred up. Don't be vexed. But with him who prospers, with the man who executes malicious plans, desist from anger. Don't be angry and forsake wrath. Do not compete. This is where David's getting saying, okay, look, I'm making a point here. Don't get angry. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about what the evil evildoers are doing. Because if you compete, do not compete, because why? It brings harm. It will bring harm. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who hope to Yahweh, they shall inherit the earth. Those that hope in our Father, those that have that connection, those that, that know that my hope, my tikva lies in, in the Father. They shall inherit a, a little uh, uh, the earth just a little longer. Just a little longer, and there will be no wicked one. You will contemplate his place, and he will not be there. But, I love that word, but the humble shall inherit the earth and delight in abundant peace. I love, I, I, I do, I love that, that. It doesn't say, it doesn't say anything else but but, because remember the word but always negates everything that it says before that. So it's saying, you know, don't even worry about the fact that they will wither away and be gone. That's, that's, that's neither here nor there. Why? Because your humility, in that place of your humility, you shall inherit the earth and delight in the abundant peace of the Father of my father. You know, it's really a place of just, if, if you can go there with me, 
It's a place of just settling down and saying, Father, I have confidence in you, regardless of the, of the, the hell, the storm, the craziness that's going around me, Father. I know that in you, I can operate from that peace and a peace that passes all understanding. And Father, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not worried about the wicked. Matter of fact, I don't even want to dwell on them. I want to pray for the wicked. I want to, I want to you know, ask you, Father, Father, that, that you would lead them to the place of the understanding of who they are as sons. But I'm not going to let them, them try to, to, to harm me or anything, because I know that I'm, I'm protected by in you and in you. But Father, I, I, I do pray for them. I do love them. I don't want to see their calamity. But if they choose that place, then, then Father, you're going to have to do what you need to do. I mean, I guess that's exactly what the Lord does anyway. He, he loves even the wicked one he loves. And so I don't want to, I, I, I hope I'm, I'm articulating this. Seems like I'm, I'm stumbling a little bit with my words today, but that's okay. That's just because of the brevity of, of what I know that the Father is speaking today. You know, I, it's, it's funny because sometimes I can get angry at the wicked, or sometimes I can just say, oh, well, Father, destroy the wicked, destroy the wicked, and I can rejoice in their destruction. And I know that scripture may seem to see to say that but that's a whole other part of the jewish understanding here that that it i, I want to get into uh, and as we go through these we will continue to get into but the truth is it doesn't it's not referring to that place of us rejoicing and dancing and 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 so on uh, about the wicked matter of fact i i, I want i cry that, that, Father, I, I hate to see that the wicked have had to have been destroyed because of their choices. But they have a choice just like I have. So, but in the same place, I know that, Father, in you, I have made the choice to grab a hold of trust, to grab a hold of confidence, to grab a hold of this place and not let go. I refuse to let go of trust and confidence. And even if that next step that, that, that I seem to be taking along this bridge that you've called me to come across, that Father, that, that I will, that even if that next step doesn't appear like it's actually there, where the next step may even be where it seems like I would fall straight through because there's a gap between one step and the next that Father, I will still hold on and I will still make that step because I trust you and I have confidence in you that that next step, there will be something there even if I don't see it with my own natural eyes. And I will have that abundance of peace in knowing that you have got me covered. You have got me protected. I'm wrapped around inside of you and I'm operating from this place of being in you. Now, this has nothing to do with Psalms chapter 37, but Father just reminded me of this because, and it's something that I want to share, and then we'll wrap this up. But Yahweh's been messing me with me a lot about the, the Hebrew letter Samech. Samech is the, is the only Hebrew letter that is, is a complete circle. In other words, it's completely enclosed of the original 22. Now, if you go into Memphinal, Memphinal is also completely enclosed, but it was not a part of the original 22. It was added during the time of Ezra. But Samech 
is is kind of the only way that I can describe, and I want to describe Semek in this case, is as a shield. It's kind of like a bubble, if you will. It's like stepping into this bubble of Yahweh where I'm completely protected, top to bottom, front, back, sides, everything. It's like I'm completely enshrouded in this, this shell of my father who's protecting me. Now, but now it's a see-through shell. And so anything that tries to come at me will hit that shell and just fall off and die. A thousand may come at me at my right hand, 10,000 on my left, but nothing shall come nigh into my dwelling because inside of Samech is that place of being in my father. If you will, it's, it's, it's related to bait in that case, in the sense where it's, it's, I'm, I'm in the house, I'm in him completely enshrouded and com completely covered by him. But there's another beautiful side of Samech because as I look through the invisible shell of Samech, it's kind of like a filter or if you will, x-ray vision. So in other words, I see this places as I look out where others may say, oh, there's calamity. Oh, there's, there's, there's all kinds of stuff going on. There's, there's wickedness, there's, there's craziness and blah, 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 blah. That through this filter of Samech, I look out and where others see calamity, I see treasure. Where others see pain, I see joy. And I see how the joy can be reached even in the midst of that pain, where the joy is found even in the midst of, of, of difficulties. The Father begins to show us another aspect. of He shows us what's beyond and right below that, if you will, the shroud of pain or the shroud of difficulty or the shroud of confusion. Because that's all they are, are shrouds to hide the depth of the treasure that's hidden inside of every one of those. That's what this is talking about today. So thank you, Father, that you have given us this place and shown us this place of being in you. Blessings and shalom.